Are you tired, frustrated, and feel stuck? Are you a high-performing business professional, entrepreneur, and you are not getting the results you desire or you hit a ceiling? Have you been around the block and tried many modalities? You are in the right place. The answer, my friend, is in the little-known brain-soul connection. Welcome to the Brain-Soul Success Show, where we learn, explore, and create your dream life. Your host, Louise Schwartzwalter, created a five-part mind-body-soul methodology that clears the subconscious blocks to success. You are a soul with a body, not a body with a soul. The seed of all you need is already within you. From engaging transformational interviews, brain-soul success stories, and secrets shared by health, wellness, and spiritual experts, you will reconnect, revitalize, and transform your powerful life. It's time for you. Welcome back, everyone, to the Brain Soul Success Show. And you're in for another amazing treat today. I am here with my friend, Connor Paulson, and he is amazing. He's a young man who has started, he, with his partner, started an amazing company called Uptown Creation. But his story is bigger and longer than that. I know you grew up on a farm in Iowa. You started a few companies right before you even did this one. You learned a ton. You lived in Asia for a year. And you have this fascination with communication and NLP practices. You're currently in San Diego, California, the co-founder of Uptown Creation. This is a LinkedIn company. So you help sales teams, right, save time and attract their high-quality leads. I think that's absolutely brilliant, Connor. Um, in today's world, people are looking for those, those marketing, you know, those marketing angles. So, gosh, kudos to you guys. It's really, really an honor to be with you today. Um, absolutely. And I'm going to read a little bit more here because you got to meet, you got Connor's done so many things. He has a bachelor's degree as, as, as far as being the young man here. You've done a lot already. From the University of Iowa in 2016, you got um, leadership degree and nonprofit management cert, a certificate. So a lot of good background there. You started your first company in 2014 from a Kickstarter campaign. We're going to learn about that today. And you completed and placed three to five international business competitions. Like I said, you're the co-founder of Uptown Creation. And you also have your own podcast. You're the host of the Social Seller Podcast. Also on YouTube and Apple and Spotify, 150,000 views. And you're the proud volunteer at Streets of Hope for San Diego, helping homeless children find their fulfilling path. So, wow, you've done a lot in your, your young years here. Thank you so much, Louise, for, for uh, having me on today. And, and I'm so excited for the show. And, and my goal is to provide value. When, when you read it off, it, it seems like I'm, I'm a little cooler than what I am. <laughs> it's, it's a lot more basic. And I feel like the, the day-to-day is a lot more routine-focused. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited to, to hop in and, and, yeah, provide some value. Yeah, it's so it's really awesome. I know that when we met a few weeks ago, I was like, "Wow, I just have to have you on the podcast because uh, you're you're just a really sharp, amazing young man doing great things." When when you said you started your first company, you've had a few different companies. Um, tell us that story. What what led you to even start that that first business? Yeah, great question. So uh, I, I think rewinding a little bit to understand context because uh, without the context, it, it looks cooler again than, than maybe what it is. And I hope that by being maybe a little more real, it can relate a little bit more. And having four younger siblings, I try to think in terms that maybe it can relate to them too. Um, so growing up on a farm, in, in I, I did the full farm thing, right? So it was 4-H and, and FFA for 12 years and in, in showing livestock and things. So it was being involved with my dad that, that was a, a grain, you know, and is a grain farmer today, corn and soybeans. Um, and then I'm coming from a family that that uh, all farms too. And so I learned in high school that that probably wasn't the direction for me. And it felt like there was something else out there. And it felt like I was letting my dad down, mm-hmm. um, being the oldest son, and then kind of deciding, you know, the farming life isn't really for me. Now I do have a little brother. And so the joke that I would say is like, I'll put the pressure on him. Um, <laughs> and, and I decided to... Uh, to go to community college, that opened doors. And, and before going to the University of Iowa, I had a friend. And 
his friends no or his name is Noah and Noah had told me he's like hey come to this entrepreneur event on campus um I I, I have to go you should come with maybe you'll enjoy it and I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship but for the first time you know and in, in West Branch Iowa where I grew up you know it's a town of like 35 or 3700 people and just going 15 minutes west you know Iowa City where where the University of Iowa is and being on this campus in this room I was surrounded for the first time with 20 to 30 other people sitting in a circle, uh, going around, you know, saying their names, what their company is, in a, a quick 30 to second, 30 to 60 second elevator pitch. And, you know, that was cool. I saw that and I was a little uh -huh. intimidated, but I was like, whoa. And, and more than anything, it was the conversations after getting to, to meet some of these individuals and realizing they're the same age. Some of these are younger, some of them are a couple of years older, but we all spoke with the same kind of frequency. Now, looking back, I think it's an energetic thing. Uh, mm -hmm. And it felt very freeing to to be around people that wanted to help build. They wanted to create things, and and they almost knew that a part of that was like, yeah, we we take on necessary or certain risks maybe in life. Uh, we're willing to go after what we what we could do, the the good maybe we can do in the world, and mm -hmm. and chase those lifestyles to 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 do it sustainably too. Right? We have to be happy uh, to continue sustainably helping people at at large scale. That's so, so awesome. That was your introduction then what, to the whole world of entrepreneurship was your friend Noah. Yes. And then okay. the only way to stay. So, and, and I'll say here, the only way to stay in this group to be around it then was you had to be in what's called the Founders Club. And there's this uh, value ladder is what I'll call it of, you know, you can start as this low rank coming in and you get some of the extra entrepreneurship education and you might be able to go to some of the events where they bring, um, really cool entrepreneurs and from different industry spaces that come in and speak. But all the way at the top, mm -hmm. if you've won enough business competitions or you've earned enough and, and you've had enough invested in your companies, you can get into, um, at the top is the Founders Club. So I think the whole program is called JPEC and that's for the John Papa John Entrepreneurial Center, which runs throughout the state of Iowa and I think a lot of the Midwest now. Cool. And I wanted to get to this Founders Club thing. And so <laughs> it, the only way to be around these people more and to hopefully one day get a jacket that said Founders Club. But more than anything, I just wanted to be around those people. And I need a company. And, and so part of it, in the first few months, I remember just not having any ideas. And looking at my friends that had these companies, you know, Noah had a, a small uh, software tech company at the time uh, that was doing very well. And it seemed like now that I met these people, their lives were so much faster paced, but they had so many like more important things to worry about. Like they would still get their schoolwork done, but they, mm -hmm. they had these companies they were growing too. And, and so it was this fascination. I didn't have any funding. Um, and, and so Kickstarter started to become kind of this interest and in learning about um, Tim Ferriss. If you're familiar with Tim Ferriss, yes. he has an awesome podcast. I love his content. Uh, but back in the day, you can still find it. I think it's a Medium article and, and they might've even revised it. It is a breakdown I mean, it's like, it could be a small book of exactly what to do. Um, and, and there's a lot of work into a crowdfunding campaign and, and you learn that, but that helped a ton. Um, and so for me, it was the first three to six months feeling frustrated because I would watch, I was watching all the self-development content and having mm -hmm. these friends that were doing it. But I remember even telling myself, like, I'm just, maybe I'm not the idea guy. Maybe I don't, I'm just not capable of it. And I remember Tony or, or Rob Sharma or Brennan Burchard or someone had uh, a video out at the time. And it was just this exercise of, of writing a list of five to 10 things each day to stimulate creativity, but think of business ideas, right? And, and the whole goal would be you could never think of, um, uh, you can never reuse a, a previous business idea. So I would, I would do this outside of class. I'd be home. I really liked it when the other two roommates were at home and I could like sit on the deck. And sometimes it would take me 30 minutes. Most days it would take me an hour, hour and a half to get to the 10. Um, I mean, I'd be staring at like a parking spot and, and it'd be like, oh, someone has to paint those lines, right? And, and could there be a more effective way to paint those lines? So anyway, spring curiosity. And I think that's probably the, the main um, driver between most of the things we're doing with Uptown Creation and, and uh, the podcast and, and just trying to get the word out to, to more people that, that we can kind of, I, I think it makes sense to, to go after what we want. Absolutely. And you, I love your start. So thanks for sharing that with us. Cause that's how you really, that's how you really got started. 
uh, in this whole world. You know, and, and there's a little part of me that's kind of jealous, honestly. I'm going, man, I didn't have anybody teaching me. I didn't know what I was doing. I was a teacher that just dived into business, you know, and I didn't have that. But to be stimulated by a group like that, I love it as much as you do, Connor. So that's very cool. Hey, yeah. th- thank you so much. And I'm glad that you share that because that's, again, a perspective that I have to remind myself to be very grateful for. And and I am that that wasn't maybe possible or even just the idea of the internet and having YouTube to go on and, and have sure. a limited content, you know, at, at hand. Um, it, it is exciting. So, you know, let's say reverse 30, 30 years ago, even you had to, you know, go shake hands, go meet yeah. people. And it was all I was in person, doing, so. yeah, I was doing talks all over Albuquerque, you know, yeah. and, and this, you know, and, and Colorado too. I went, you know, several places where it was in person kind of uh, introductions to, to what I was doing. That was for Albuquerque Natural Health Center, you know, and then about six years, maybe seven now I went online, you know, so I, I did go online before COVID, which was great. I'm so grateful. But yeah, I've learned uh, I've learned a lot along the way, but it's a lot of mistakes that I've a lot of mistakes I've made. And just like you, we both sort of love the energy of the self-growth that comes with being an entrepreneur and what it's like to come up with those ideas and you know and watch them fly. And I like transformation. So, you know, what gets you excited, you know, every day about getting up and and doing your doing your job and what you're doing? And tell us, you know, first tell us a little bit about Uptown Creation and what you guys are doing there. Yeah, yeah, great question. So, Uptown Creation, uh, like mentioned here a little bit ago, uh, we help SMB, small to mid-sized companies, and their sales teams effectively maximize LinkedIn and, and at the end of the day, bring in higher quality leads, right? So, it's saving time and bringing in higher quality leads. We live in an exciting time uh, in this online selling environment, right? Uh, there is a, a statistic somewhere around 80. Uh, all right. So let me re- rephrase. There is a statistic and each year in Q1, LinkedIn throws a LinkedIn Spark event. And I'll, each year for the past couple, they release this PDF with a bunch of the findings and data within the B2B space, right? And one of the, the staggering statistics is it was somewhere around like 80 or 82% of B2B leads are started or formed on the LinkedIn platform, right? And I, I think that's a fascinating statistic. And yes. whether it's 82% or even if it's 60%, I think the importance is that in the B2B world, not just the US, North America, but you know the, the rest of the world in professionals, um, we're using it somewhere to reference. And in marketing, they taught us in school and kind of marketing 101 is we want to spend time where our ideal customers congregate. And back in the day, it might have been a nonprofit or a certain office or the bank or you know the clubhouse at a, a golf course. Nowadays, mm-hmm. we have these online environments. And so if we're looking at it, the B2B world and decision makers of the world Oftentimes, um, the educated people with degrees, maybe multiple degrees, people mid-management, um, but people that are managing teams and leadership all the way up the you know small, medium, large companies, uh, CEOs of the world are on here. And then what we come in and do is we make sense of it, right? So in the US, there's 240 million or so LinkedIn profiles. Now wow. for you and me, Luis, most of those aren't relevant, right? So what, what we do is we help our, our partners set up Sales Navigator, and that's a, a tool that comes with LinkedIn. And we create these very targeted lists, right? Saying, you know, who is the ideal decision maker? And so it's almost like creating a networking event. But instead of having to invite everyone, you only had to, you know, invite uh, people that, you know, do, you know, companies that do north of 500,000 annually, or, you know, you can have these specific filters so that you're, mm-hmm. you're, not wasting time per se. Um, and so the whole goal, when you have this targeted list, then there's a handful of ways to to message. And so we help maximize targeted connection requests in the messaging and in the, the back and forth to qualify and then get the calls booked. So it's important. And I'm glad you asked that because uh, in just the current landscape of the world, the macro and micro, we see a lot of companies tightening up and, and it makes sense, right? With, with what's going on in the world and, and, teams leaning up, but yet companies are still growing. You know, we talk to a lot mm-hmm. of companies that are having record-breaking years, that are having record-breaking quarters, um, mm-hmm. that are looking to double, triple, quadruple the amount of staff, but they know they aren't able to do that yet. Maybe that's in the next three months or the next six months. So where that mm-hmm. comes in is they need efficient, effective ways where maybe they can't afford to bring on BDRs, AEs, or people to help bring in new top of funnel. Um, mm-hmm. But how can there be kind of an out-of-the-box 
opportunity that isn't using automation that that is doing it the right way um, and sending these you know by hand. So that's where we kind of come in on on the LinkedIn side. And one gold nugget there for any anyone that's already using LinkedIn or Sales Navigator is whenever you're creating a filtered list. Uh, so Luis, for you, for example, right? Maybe we're saying mm-hmm. and we're setting up a Sales Navigator uh, list. We would say uh, search by uh, lead. And then there's a handful of different filters. We'd say, you know, just in the United States, and then we could put specific terms or titles in for what, uh, uh, for for maybe what position they're in or the company size. Mm-hmm. And then once we have this list, um, there's a handful of ways that that we can message them, and and uh, we want to use the most active. So the takeaway would be under the spotlight feature, um, there's a, a checkbox for people who have uploaded or engaged in the last 30 days. Those are that's going to be really valuable, right? Because mm-hmm. Luis, you and me, and everyone probably listening to this that might use LinkedIn, we all know professionals that might check LinkedIn once a week, let alone once a month or once a quarter. Right. Uh, and in regards to LinkedIn outreach, because there's only so many outreach credits, so to speak, each month, we want to maximize them with the people that are the most active. And so, what's cool is B two B professionals. You know, they want their companies to grow. They have challenges in their lives, and mm-hmm. and when you use Sales Navigator correctly, and you consistently reach out um, in very conversational ways, right? It's not I'm looking to to shove a sale down your throat. It's hey, I, I'd love to get to know you and, and mm-hmm. see if there's a possible opportunity. Um, I'd recommend Sales Nav and and using that filter. I I love that because what I feel like your company is doing is it's you're you're people orientated. You're connecting. You're connecting with people. And I always believe that the growth of any company is about connections, consistency, and compassion. You know, so it is about those connections. And that's what you're doing. You're you're yes. a connector. So that's really, really beautiful. And I know that you love what you're doing too. And you guys are doing such a great job there. And more and more companies are coming on board with you. Um, and yet, you know, when we have a journey too, you know, we have a, a, a journey as entrepreneurs, right? We're learning and growing growing all the time. And, you know, this is the brain soul success show. So I'm also looking for, you know, and want our audience to hear from you about what, you know, what have been some of the struggles that maybe you've had in your, in your life, in your career, and how did you overcome them? You know, and, and then also maybe yeah. a little bit of how it affected your brain power, you know, or your, yeah. your growth. Yeah. Yeah. So Great what's question, been your journey? Yeah. What's been your, we want to know your journey. We want to know Connor. Yeah, great <laughs> questions, right? Great questions lead to great responses. And you know, I, I think there's two big ones. And and so just on this note at a high level, you know, something that's helped me in the last couple of years is being able to talk about these things, right? Because if I look mm-hmm. back, there was a lot of me that w- was scared or intimidated or like I would lose masculinity if I talked about this around certain friends or if this got out. Um somehow it could detach from who I thought I was and maybe the the uh the person that that everyone sees. So there has definitely been adversity and and adversity, I think, is absolutely a a beautiful thing in the world. And if we can, this is not easy to do. And this is something I'm I'm learning and I recite every morning in the shower uh, is is that, you know, um, being grateful for adversity because it's it's disguised opportunity. Right. Mm -hmm. It's opportunities disguised. uh, yeah, vice versa. I'm getting it mixed up, but you, you get the point that, that yes. um, there's there's a learning lesson, right? Because if there wasn't any potential pain or challenge, then there wouldn't be any growth. You you've already gone exactly. through that level in life, right? Mm-hmm. And and so um, maybe you don't feel that again. So for me, I would say just growing up on a farm, um, and my parents split up when I was one. So my upbringing, my dad won custody, and and it was awesome, right? It, what I know to be true is how important development is from zero to seven and in mm-hmm. whatever that age range is, but we'll say zero to five, zero to seven, right? And, mm-hmm. and then having both caregivers. So it was beautiful and I had an awesome upbringing. Um, I got to work hard. I got to learn, you know, growing up like bailing hay, detasseling, things that I don't think younger generations will necessarily do down the road. And I, I almost see it as like, I'm already turning into like my grandpa, like referencing that and, and none of my little I brother's friends did it anymore. And I'm like, oh gosh, I'm one of those guys now. Um, but, but I would say that adversity and then um, not seeing, you know, not having both parents there all the yeah. time. Now, I wouldn't say it was pain in the moment, but it, it would show up maybe in ways that K through 12, 
I would go to the principal's office quite a bit. Uh, mm -hmm. I was a distraction in class. Um, you know, there are certain teachers that that could have mentioned like class clown or something. And and there would be certain years and things where I'd excel and I'd be, you know, getting to take some advanced classes and things. And and that was huge to help my confidence to to start to realize like, okay, maybe I, I had never thought I was smart, but I remember when I was starting to read and I got to read uh, a level or two up, um, I was like, all right, maybe I am kind of getting better with this. And and then having a couple teachers, Mrs. Hanesh in third and fourth grade, because she ended up going, moving up a grade. It wasn't, I was in the same grade two years. Um, and then uh, Mr. Ibarra in junior high were two just pivotal that helped me really kind of, they saw something in me at a young age and helped me kind of understand the possibility. And they also had unreal patience. And I'd say that's something that I have uh, a crazy amount of respect for with anyone. So mm -hmm. they helped me in, in a couple different ways. Um, and so the other adversity that, that I can speak on would be being in a, a five-year relationship and, you know, doing self-development and all these things and reading the books and uh, doing the meditations and and doing these things consistently for you know years for the most part now I thought I had everything kind of figured out and when I would learn about what anxiety was in the world because I, I had a curiosity I realized a lot of people had it and and like family members or something would talk about it but I, I didn't have any relevance I didn't understand anxiety or depression mm -hmm. and and I clearly saw it as, you know, anxiety, simplicity, you know, simplistically with some fear of the future that we can't control and depression with some form of something in the past that we can't control. And then I went through, uh, you know, just going separate ways after a, a long relationship. And it's the most beautiful thing and, and the best thing that I needed to do. And we both knew that, but it put me in an emotional place where we still had the companies and we had the podcast and I had a very real moment. And, and so I'm fortunate. I guess let's break it down because I, I would love for it to be very real for people. So, you know, for the first week or two, I, you know, still lived kind of normally, but then I realized really quickly that, all right, everything I'm looking up, like I need to have some kind of plan here because, you know, my, this is a new chapter of my life and, and I have to adapt fairly quick. And, and if so I'm going to maintain heartache, these roles. Connor, it was, I mean, like you brought a five-year relationship when you break up, there's got to be some heartache and, and you were looking up anxiety. So did you feel you were anxious at the time too? Yeah. You know, so there, there absolutely was. And, and mm -hmm. I would say that I, I didn't necessarily know that. And it was kind of mass. So for me, I started something called the 75 hard challenge a couple of weeks after it. And, and a big part of it was because it was a, about sobriety. And so I knew that something had to occur. Natural healing had to occur and you can't accelerate that time. But I was like, all right, how can I spend my time doing as many healthy things as I can? And give me, you know, I'm a competitive person. Like give me something. And, mm -hmm. and I had a handful of friends I convinced to, to start it too. Um, but you're drinking a gallon of water a day. You're you're working out twice per day. Um, it, you're reading ten pages per day. You're taking. There, there's a handful of others, and I'm blanking, and I don't want to mix up the next phase where like cold showers come in and things. But you're doing all of these things, and it helps okay. build your time. And I finished the 75, and it was day 83, and I was like, all right, we're we're good. But it was like, what was next? And that's when the pain, and I would say, kind of the um, the emotional aspect hit, and. Mm -hmm. And it felt like being in, if there's a, a mountain range and then in, in that huge mountain range, there's a crevice in between these mountains. And then within that, there's an even darker valley and it's way down deep. I felt like I was down there Wow! and like you couldn't see color. It felt like, and, and there was a handful of things that led to, that led to it and me getting to that point, like healthy and non-healthy things. Because after the 75 hard, I went back to like, oh, okay, I've learned, I've leveled up, I, I can, you know, integrate these things and I'll have a good balance. Well, that wasn't true for me. And there were a couple, couple aspects. And, and not that I want to go down a rabbit hole to something that was very impactful at that time. But I, I did have a friend that uh, living in San Diego, he, he was a, a Navy SEAL that got um, injured 
And he connected me with a friend and, and I experienced ketamine therapy. Now, by no means is this the, the one thing that like saved everything. But Describe this that just, to us. What kind of therapy is that? So ketamine therapy, is, it's like an infused ketamine. So I went and, and got to work with a, a very well established, I, I didn't know about him up until this point, mm-hmm. um, but someone that's done a lot of work. Um, anyone that's familiar with like Vice TV, he's done a lot of interviews or a lot of work with them. And he happens to be based in San Diego at the time. And this could change because this again was, I don't know, three to five years ago. Um, there were a lot of conditions on why they didn't work with civilians. And it was specifically like uh, certain types, but the fact that there was like meditation and, and pain involved. And then a buddy that connected us, I went to, um, you're sitting in a chair and in a comfortable room, there's another patient that's there. Um, they, the doctor comes in, you're, you're, you're very comfortable. Um, uh, a therapist comes in and you're doing a guided meditation. She's doing it live there with you. There's a little bit of sound. And then a nurse comes in and you get an injection in the arm of ketamine. And, um, you know, uh, I, I want to be careful because I haven't looked into the research and it's been a, a year or two at least. Mm-hmm. But ketamine's been around for, for a good amount of time and it's been studied by the FDA for a long time too. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it can be right for certain people. Definitely talk to a doctor because sure. yeah. my path is is vastly different than some. Um, and and what was wild is that experience just helped me feel love in a way that I had never felt in my life. And it it wasn't nice. an a, like it wasn't an exterior love. It was it was an exterior. It, it was it was feeling love at full capacity internally and externally. Um, and, and then from having weeks of kind of feeling these depths and continuing this work, really what it was, it wasn't about this euphoria. It was this reminder of like a baseline of, oh my gosh, like in all of a sudden things clicked again for happiness and who I am and the authentic Connor that I've always been. And, and I, Very cool. I am a happy individual but um so anyway that you got back to yourself you got back to your self-love in such a beautiful way that's what i'm picking up is that is that what you is that a summary of what you experienced there okay absolutely yeah very very open uh yeah transformative that's awesome no that's really really awesome i you know i love all the different ways that we can get there you know, so as hey, a transformational absolutely. coach, I love all the different ways we can get there, you know, and I think there's a million things I don't know about yet on the planet that we still need to discover. You know, I'm kind of in the world of quantum physics with all of that. And I experiment in that world. I've been doing that for 20 years. Um, but I love your story. And I also think it took a lot of courage, um, you know, to, to but look at how aligned you are. You know, Connor, you like met the right friend at the right time who introduced you to this to make that all happen. You're you're exactly right. No, right? And, and I I I appreciate everyone for listening in while I went down that rabbit tail of the story. Uh, but I, I hope there's there's a little bit of value in there. And, and to answer your point, Louise, I, I don't know why, but in the last three to five years, I feel like a lot of those things for some reason seem to fall in place for me. And I have friends mm-hmm. um, and and people close to me that that say it now internally. I've decided to just internally tell myself like I, I am the luckiest person I know or the luckiest person around now I don't think that's the component but it's a trust in this bigger picture that it's happening for us uh, I grew up with both sides religion being kind of pressed on me heavily and you know on my dad's side when I was with him in weeks it was going to our uh, Lutheran church and going through confirmation and all of that and, and Sunday school but then with my mom you know, at certain points, it was like the old school Catholic type where like I had to have my eyes on the pastor the whole time where I get like swatted by my grandma or something. And then eventually Presbyterian, but it was always like forced. And I remember in college, I had this kind of a release of that. And, and as I'm learning about self-development and then soon into spirituality, I started to have an appreciation as I could dive in on my own time. And, you know, nowadays I, I believe in God, I believe in all the gods. I believe in a universe. I, I, it's all true, and mm-hmm. and it's all here, and it, it it's it's centered around. It wants us to do well, right? Um, and and we just have to do those things in our power that we can't, right? And and so 
this transformation, I think why a lot of people in entrepreneurship might get into it, whether you're an entrepreneur or a coach or consultant, you want to see the world better, but you know, deep down that it's going to make you a, a better person. You're going to, you're going to learn a little bit more about who you are and it's going to be a self-development journey. Gonna, what's a better way to learn than putting yourself in real world, you know, adversity and, and maybe in that moment, maintaining a calmness if you can. And, if you and practicing can. <laughs> like a so, game, right? It's so like well Dr. Said, though. I mean, I just, I see, I see so much in you that as I just, I mean, I want to see you in, in 20 years from now, even. Because I, I look at you and you're a young man, I'm older than you. And I'm like, wow, you've been in your, you also have been through this journey of, of kind of losing your brain and your soul and having to refine it, you know, having to really discover who you are and that self-love and that belief and that trust again. And I believe that the, the entrepreneurs that are the most successful and the people most successful on the planet have had that adversity, have had something they've had to go through that affected their brain power and their soul, their spirituality, their development in some way. And you you have the gift of going through that. And now you can see when you, once you went through all that, all of a sudden these last few years, you're manifesting what you want whenever you want it. Like it's just popping. And that's because your soul now, you're aligned, you're 100% your soul's truth. And so I think it's absolutely beautiful. And I thank you for, for sharing that with us. And so I see you as high, high level success because of that. Does that make hey, sense? Thank you so much. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so and, cool. And it's sometimes it's hard so for me cool. to sit here without like wanting to be like, okay, thank you. Like cut it off. Like, and, and that's something else I'm working on is, is being able to receive, right? Because that's a part of love. And, and I know yes. you're coming from such an authentic place, but you're also such an expert. I look up to you and in, in all of the work and how you, you are able to continue to help so many people. Um, and I have a fascination for, for the type of work that you do. Now, for, for anyone, when I'm sharing this podcast with some of our social seller podcast listeners, um, mm -hmm. could, could you, could I ask a question quick? Is that okay? Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And, and so can you just help me? Uh, first, first part of the question, why brain mm -hmm. is the acronym? And then how did you uncover, how did you uncover uh, the, the brain methodology? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that we can have a conversation here. Um, yeah, the well, brain is because your brain's your master control tower of your of your body. You know, so when your brain power isn't working, that's when you affect. That's when you were affected and and felt that anxiety, felt that deep crevice, being in that hole, being in that valley, right? So if this isn't working, it's almost like this. Your brain has to be aligned with your heart, your gut. You got to be whole. You know, so why the brain and why the acronym brain? is it came from my journey of healing myself. Um, and you guys can hear that another time. But, you know, we all go through something, I believe. And it's different tests. For me, it was my health. For you, it was your brain power, the anxiety, the, the heartache of, of um, and, and that having to go becomes, you know, the sobriety thing. So that was your, your path. And again, we all have something different that happens. I crashed. And so the first part of brain stands for B is body. So that's working with the body. That's getting your body healthy. That's everything you did in that 75 days. You know, that's eating right, sleeping, you know, taking your supplements, all that good stuff. And then releasing is releasing the mental chatter and emotional baggage. The stuff that got stuck in what I call the spaces of the brain is where we hold the trauma. So your brain is a spiritual organ and a physical organ. And so we got to release. And there's a lot of techniques I use to release a lot of that old stuff. And then A is aligning with spirit because spirit, God is always a part of healing, whatever you believe, whatever God is to you. Um, and then I is integrating your brain frequencies to your soul's true purpose. So when we don't have a purpose or anything we're working towards, it's actually harder to heal, to heal your life, heal your business, whatever you're working on. And then N is the new program. So we have to reprogram. In fact, I think of the brain as a biocomputer. It's a computer, but it has an energetic field around it. And all of that stuff, even probably from when, um, when you didn't have a mom growing up, even though your dad was great and all that, all of that trauma gets stuck in the brain, but in the spaces of the brain. And so we have to reboot, take the icky stuff out, release the, the anxiety, the pain, the grief, the hurt, the whatever, and then put in the new program. So Anna's new program, and that's where we sort of reboot your brain, your bio field to how you want to show up, to being believing, you know, to being in this positive place and then being grateful. 
So that's the, you know, that's the steps. And I found when we did all those steps together, it seemed to stick, you know, and that's why I love your story too, is because, you know, maybe it wasn't all those steps, but you found it and you found that doctor that worked with you to get you back to a hundred percent, your soul's truth, your self-love, your gratefulness. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And, and yeah. spot on. And, and that's such a, a, a cool story to be able to hear how, how it comes together, because I, I love the acronym, but I, I'm fully aligned with with all aspects of that. And I'm thinking about so many experiences firsthand as, as you're just explaining that, but also friends and, and you know, having a converse, a challenging conversation with a friend today that was just like, hey, man, I got to for a few minutes, like company stuff on, you know, real estate market stuff and, you know, um, being grateful for for what's happening in our mm-hmm. lives and how how we're able to learn. It seems like you're someone that chooses happiness. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love, I love to actually, I'm very playful, you know, yeah. even though I'm, I'm even though older. I mean, I cannot wait to dress up for Halloween for my Zoom call later today. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> well, so what's like, the costume? It's like, let's, let's just make it happen. Oh, I got, I'm going to, I'll take a picture. I'll show you. I got, I got a really cool, I got like a Mohawk thing. I got really cool. I got the, I got the fake tattoo army things. I got the whole, the whole thing. I did that for my son because I didn't like when he got tattoos and I'm like, oh man, I'm going to put, when they get a tattoo thing and dress up for Halloween and really freak him out. That'll be great. You know? So yeah, no, I like to, I like to, (laughs) I like to, I like to play. Absolutely. Yeah. So it sounds like you've used a lot of tools and coaches and different things that you've used over the years to to help you, um, you know, name a couple of those things. What, what haven't you shared with us yet of other either coaches or people to help you in your business and in your life? Absolutely. And, and I'm so glad you asked this because the way that I told the story and in the adversity and in some of the, the immediate help looked like it was with the doctor and with ketamine. I want to be, um, I want to make sure that I point out that I would say the vast majority, 80% or more came from the continued routines of, of working at this for a long time and, and choosing to continually spend my time, you know, educating myself primarily versus entertaining. And, and so that was podcasts, audiobooks, and, and just learning and integrating these things to, like you had said, finding that purpose. And it wasn't perfect at first. And, and it, it still isn't, but it's, it's closer than what it used to be. And so I'm, I'm able to see that now because I've done, we've done this as a team and, and the people around me, we've done it long enough. So there's a lot of those things that were still continuing to happen that compounded, I think, at that time where I needed the the fresh look and lens on life. When I could look in the mirror and be like, oh, wow, I'm proud. I'm proud of that guy. He's, he is very authentic to who he is. Now, there's a long list and I'm not going to be able to, to mention everyone from, <laughs> from the people, but someday I should actually list them out so I can make sure I can, I can reference it somewhere. Um, I would say close friends that you can have conversations like this with, right? You know, we, we know based on statistics that we're the average of the five people we spend the most time around. And now in this virtual world, I think it still holds true, right? If some of our professional colleagues we might spend more time with than maybe certain loved ones, if it's not the weekend. Um, so I think it's important to pick your circles. Some of the, the concepts and things, uh, NLP has been very fascinating. Tony Robbins was really the start for me when I was like 16, 17 years old and being able to start consuming his content. I was just fascinated with the feeling, the excitement mm-hmm. that I had in life. Um, and then I could do more than what I could do more than maybe, uh, I don't know, it, without it making mm-hmm. it sound yeah, funny. At a young age, I, I felt like I, I had some purpose, some reason to do something bigger, but I never knew what. Um, so and so cool. because of that, Tony started to give me like this channel of like, all right, I can do uh-huh. it and, and learning fascinations about communication. I'd say above all, communication is something I, I love a ton. Um, and in the quality of questions, uh, how psychology plays into that. So that uh, because Tony, right, and 90 percent of who Tony is and how Tony helps, even though it's branded under Robbins, Robinson Coaching and all of this, it's mm-hmm. uh, based in NLP right? Neuro-linguistic programming. And so I had a fascination around how does NLP work, right? And it, it mm-hmm. parallels a lot of what, what you had mentioned. Um, and I also found a curiosity in it because I, I learned that there were certain, um, it seemed like the minority of people that I spoke to, but there were a certain small population of people that seemed like NLP was like this really bad thing. So then all of a sudden, 
you know, I was like, well, even more curiosity. Well, why? And I started to see it because I think you can learn certain NLP practices. And, and then at some point you have to ask yourself, like, am I going to be a good leader? You know, there's there's a long list in, in the history books of uh, of good and bad leaders in, in the world and how they used influence. And so I think when you, you choose for good, like like Tony and the vast majority of the world, I like to thank everyone. Um, you can learn how to help and heal and listen and and to be aware and uh, then ELI would be the other one that that's just fascinating that I still kind of keep an eye on. So energy leadership index and just learning okay. about the the seven levels zero to seven and where people are sitting. Forbes listed ELI as the second most valuable assessment for professionals in 2022, um, mm-hmm. and and I just find a fascination around kind of both. So. Both of those. Within that, I've hired a lot of coaches. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. proud to spend money on books, audiobooks, um, uh, seminars. I went mm-hmm. to a lot more in-person events uh, early on when I, I was trying to build, build and learn, and, and I'm mm-hmm. still trying to do that. I know I'm a student for life, so I'm I'm never going to be a full-blown expert. I choose not to be, and I also kind of choose. I probably won't ever retire because I, I enjoy this kind of stuff too much, <laughs> and I'd rather keep my mind stimulated with companies and people. Versus Sudoku. Props to the people that can do that. Um, but but investing out of your own pocket. And there's a huge shift that happened mm-hmm. for me. Whenever we were paying for coaches and consultants through our company, I always got a ton of value from it. But there were mm-hmm. certain people on the team that didn't look at it quite like that, right? And I had to be aware mm-hmm. and, and come true to that. It changed. And this is the other thing. When I was going through this, the, the pain of the, the five years and, and feeling the depths of that, that mountain and valley at the, the deepest pit, Mm-hmm. was doing NLP coaching. So I, I had already gone through uh, NLP practitioner course where you you go in person, you spend, I don't know, 50 or 60 hours over a two or three day period. And you're seeing this, you're being taught um, you know, by a doctor. And, and the first day is primarily focused on like, you're looking at the science behind it because there's a lot of skeptics in it. And Mm-hmm. I it checked out like for me and, and then getting to see it and learn these things and, and applying the fascination grew. Um, but spending the money out of my own pocket was the shift for me. And I think mm-hmm. can be for others too, right? Mm-hmm. Because when it wasn't coming out of the company and, and I, I don't mean this in, in like that it should be a drastic shift, but it was that much more personal because I care about it and I value investing in myself yes. just like I, I should be investing in other areas, much different just like energy. my portfolio. Yeah. Right? There's a much different and, energy when you say yes to yourself and you put that you put that in, then you do the work. That's what I've seen. You know, yeah. the, the more you spend, the more you're going to do the work or appreciate it. Unfortunately, that's just how it, that's just how it works, you know, generally. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And in one, one quick note on just that, that point that parallels some of your work too. My first session with, um, with uh, an, a master NLP coach here in San Diego, he worked previously in corporate America, helping a lot of the CEOs um, keep their minds straight. And, and as he was mm-hmm. getting away, he was still doing some on the private side. And, and I connected with him and I was like, do you think NLP would help me at all with this? He's like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Like, you know, and, and I, I loved most of the, the NLP at a higher level um, because they, they communicate just in, in a different way. It seems like emotions sometimes don't attach quite. I, I aspire to be someday. But the first day was, he told me, come in, you know, the first session I paid, and he's like, you know, just have listed down what your what your ideal goal outcome is, right? Mm-hmm. And so I started, I created a list of 10. And then he said, go through and prioritize them, right? What one in order? What one's making you feel mm-hmm. the most pain? You, you know, you, you need the most immediate solution. And at the time it was, and I remember it was something along the lines of, I want to fully heal from my previous relationship and move on in a healthy way, something along those lines, right? Mm -hmm. So the blame was on the relationship and then I needed to heal. After a two hour session, I'm sitting there answering questions, right? We're we're sitting in the room together. You can do it virtually. Mm -hmm. And after these two hours, not only is my mind just like, I don't know, it was just neutral. I don't want to say cloudy, it was just neutral. Like I I didn't have thoughts or anything. And, And guess what the takeaway is? I... The, the reality was this wasn't the problem working and breaking down and getting past what my subconscious had blocked and hidden and, and things, things that my body to feel and to live and operate had like hidden, they came out 
And I went back and it was when I was uh, one or two years old. I was no older and I was in the kitchen. And, and with the help of the coach, I'm reliving this. The memories that I never had, right? I didn't have any memories previous to seven years old or eight years old going into my first NLP practice. And by the end of it, all of a sudden, I, these memories as a child are coming back in, in overflowing ways. But the trick was to go back and, and to, to not necessarily relive it, but to relive it with the tool set that I have now, right? And so what happened was it was me in a diaper, right? It was just me in a diaper. I'm, you know, one and a half years old in the kitchen. And I don't even remember who it was, but there was very loud screaming. And, and uh, so it's remembering, you know, at a baby, yeah. I'm loved, yeah. I'm loved, right? There, there, there are no worries that, that wasn't to me that doesn't change any form of love. So you, as you relive it, then you can future pace back. And so anyway, it, it's fascinating. And I want to make sure I mention these things because again, there were a lot of different components that helped me, um, but I also wanted a solution. And I've, I've defined that in a lot of the areas of life. Uh, a year ago, I didn't know how I would get alcohol, you know, cut alcohol out of my life. I've known for the last few years that alcohol not being in my life is the higher version of Connor. I've, I've dabbled in and out, you know, I, I can go, mm -hmm. you know, have one or two beers and do those things, but I've just learned that's not Connor at a capacity, you know, the capacity I want. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm excited to meet the Connor that does it. And, and just by saying it aloud and I am going to do it, then opportunities come up and, and also being willing to spend money in, in, um, in, in it's not spending money, it's investing in the areas that you really do need solutions, not just professionally, but personally, yeah. and having that authentic look and then going to experts, you know, like yourself, or or looking at programs, just looking into things online. Um, there are solutions out there. Happiness is, is just on the other side of a few clicks and you putting in some, some conscious effort that uh, it's an investment that's only sure to pay off. Absolutely. I love your words. You're a great, you're a great communicator, Connor. Absolutely. And you're Appreciate making that. really, yeah, you're making really good analogies here. Um, so share with us a couple more things. So one thing when, when, so you decided to become sober, how long ago was that? And what, you know, it sounds like a lot of things helped you do that. What's helping you stay there now? Yeah, great question. I'm still figuring those things out, right? It's been 90 days. And and what's yeah. really different about this time is I've mm -hmm. done 75 hard a couple of times. So I've gone one month stints up to three months where yeah. I, I've had an alcohol. Now in the past though, in the back of my mind, it's, oh, temporary, right? After these 30 days though, after these 90 days, I know mm -hmm. I can have, you know, alcohol, it's coming back in. Um, so aside from, you know, a list of like just embarrassing things that happen from, from just life, like, you know, from, um, high school to, to college and, and just how alcohol comes up, not that it was happening frequently or anything, but like it was enough of that pain, enough of the gratitude for the things that are happening in life. And then for me, it was also learning about Huberman, uh, Andrew Huberman. If you're familiar, I, I really like his, his scientific breakdown of and, and just taking the new studies of what alcohol does to our body because there's always been these ambiguous questions in my mm -hmm. mind and this mm -hmm. like okay mm -hmm. you know there could be this balance right there there is a i always like to think there was a connor that existed and he would have enough control um and willpower that he would always have control of you know uh this but then over time realizing that's not true and and just being very real about that and okay what what does that life look like now, what's crazy is the shift in the last 90 days. Maybe in the first week or two is a little different. And it was a lot more of my social identity. I don't, I, you know, for the last five years, like happy hours were one of my favorite ways to meet with people because my mind still was fresh from the work day, even if I had stack calls so I could still think quick, I could still do business. Mm -hmm. um, but I could have a friendly conversation in a neutral environment, right? And, and maybe you're getting some specials on, on a good cocktail. <laughs> So I had to learn, I had these empty spaces again. It reminded me of, of when I was out of this, you know, the, the long-term sure. relationship. I had these spaces and gaps in my day where normally the time would be spent here or, you know, now it was time being spent going to happy hour or going and doing these things or on the weekends, maybe being more interested in, you know, there's, is it going to the beach and, and you know, you, you know, friends are going to be drinking or is it going with friends that are going to go watch the game downtown or, right, right. you know, and, and so what's cool now though is 
because it's been enough time and I've just trusted the course and I have an awesome partner. And, and that's something that, that I definitely have to mention. Elise, uh, my girlfriend of two years has been absolutely incredible. She grew up in Vermont. She's a dental hygienist, just a, a rock in my life. And, and someone that's been on the sober journey with me because she knows it makes me better, but she also just doesn't like it. I have a, a I think that's so cool. Oh, that's going to be awesome for you. That is going to be awesome. Absolutely. So so getting to to continue to live together and just realizing that certain relationships, it it becomes very aware. Certain relationships are, were maybe tied or influenced around alcohol. And so it gives you a really clear look at, you know, who am I authentically choosing to spend time with? um, And what are the whys behind it? And, and, um, and then learning that I don't have to be ashamed or scared of it. Right. If I'm going to a buddy's wedding and I know all my buddies are drinking, I had these fears that they would, you know, pressure me into it and I would, I would, you know, escape in. But what's cool mm-hmm. is when you're surrounded by good people and you don't even say anything, I didn't have to make, I was overthinking like, what am I going to say when, when they hand me a beer or a drink yes. or what am I going to say? Like I stopped drinking or am I going to say, no, you know, I just I'm not drinking tonight, you know? And, and Elise is like, I oh, just say you don't drink. Like, and, and it's so simple for her, but I need that reminder. And so the shift was cool because we have good people they've been influenced mm-hmm. um and by putting it out there and i was so scared i waited like 60 days or more before i even posted anything on on instagram that just starting like hey this is my sober journey just wanted to kind of let let people know and i've been fascinated i've had i don't know 15 to 20 or more people guys mostly men um uh, and some females that have reached out and I'm surprised at the caliber of these professionals. Like these are people I look up to and I look up to everyone for, for different reasons, but I'm, I'm surprised because I, I genuinely think there's a wave of professionals that are going to kind of pick up on maybe there's some similarities with, with my story and maybe for some people, alcohol in their relationship is something that they can revisit. Now I have a lot of friends that can have 100% complete discipline around it and they have no problems and and i applaud that i'm just aware that's that's not me and that's that's okay right that's I, so I, I love awesome oh you know you're you're on you're totally on the right track and you're doing it so applaud yourself for that Thank so you. congratulations on your on your sobriety and also standing in your standing in your power standing in your own lane with that um you know i always think about what deepak chopper said addictions are a search for a spiritual path Amen. So you're on that spiritual path. So, hey, if you stay on that path, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll keep going on that path. So it's really just staying there in that belief, in that faith and in that trust. And that's, that's also what brought you down your whole journey of your whole life, you know, and, and even into entrepreneurship. So you've done such a beautiful job there, Connor. So congratulations on that. It's just been such a gift to get to know you and get to know your heart. I I love what you're I love what you're doing. I love you. I love what you're doing in the world. Um, your company, the Uptown Creation Company, what you guys are doing, helping so many entrepreneurs um, get their leads in such a creative, wonderful way within a platform here. We're using the technology that we have on the planet. You right. know, why don't we use it? It's here. Let's, that's what it's for, right? Yeah. So our world is changing and we have to, we have to kind of change, change with it. Um, so um, leave us with this, leave us with this tip. You know, so if you were going to give our audience one brain tip, what's your brain tip? Great question. And thank you for the kind words, Luis. Uh, sending love back to you I from San Diego. I feel it from you. I just flipped with you. I can feel it. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah, I know. And, and yeah. I think some of the best advice in, that I've come to learn is is ones that might be usable, right? Um, and and maybe that that. You can leave with a takeaway and, and I, I want to keep it simple. And I would say sleep. I, I would say sleep, okay. sleep, sleep, sleep. Um, it's been impactful for me mm-hmm. having a, you know, I'm, I'm guessing the majority of, of us on, on this interview are listening in right now, probably has an alarm on their phone or has multiple alarms, right? And that's mm-hmm. to wake up in the morning, start thinking in terms of also having a nighttime alarm, right? And, and how important that hour or two before bed. And, and for me, it's eight. Um, Monday through Friday, uh, almost always, it, it, and I'm very cognizant of it. So that, because I'm so certain about it, that that a lot of times just means if I'm, you know, someone offers dinner plans, I'm just going to say, hey, you know, I've got something at X Y Z. Could we could we move it up, or could we do an afternoon lunch, or try to move it in? So then you you want to solidify it now. Point with sleep, getting eight to nine hours, 
And in the only way we can sustainably do that, because this is the sustainable aspect, right? We can talk about all the cool things we talked about today, but the reality is, is how do we take action and how do we implement these things? And you have to do it sustainably, but sustainable happiness and what that lifestyle looks like for each of us is an exciting little concept. <laughs> My big belief is it starts with sleep. That's the foundation, right? That's and you can great. highly recommend the books on sleep. All of them are good. Um, look into Huberman. It, I like to think that I'm, I can look in the future a little bit in one particular context. And, and that being that I think a lot of us will be wearing wearable technology, uh, you know, from like what an Apple watch captures with um, a certain body, um, body statistics, right? There's other wearables like the Aura Ring. Mm -hmm. I have a Whoop. And mm -hmm. just being able to track your sleep becomes very, very critical when you can wake up in the morning and not just go, wow, I had a really good night's sleep, but you can also back it with data. And mm -hmm. now I can ask myself, wow, what, you know, I, I slept really well last night. I look, I got eight and a half hours um, and, and, you know, got my REM and it says 93%. I now know I did get a good night's sleep and what I'm going to ask myself, what did my nighttime routine look like? And I might even ask, what did I have for dinner? Right. How long did I read? Sure. What time was I in bed? Did I journal that night? Right. What time, mm -hmm. you know, did I wake up? So I, I say that because I think wearable technology, at least for me, also helped me with cutting alcohol out in, in some weird way. I'm still trying to figure this out. That's um, great. Just being able to track yeah. it, being more aware. And then even if you're not using the data and, and again, the co-founder in Uptown Creation, uh, the, the LinkedIn company, He's a pharmacist by trade. Uh, so he's a doctor of medicine. And, and we have this, this fascination. He wears the aura ring. And he, he mentioned to me, he's like, Connor, you know, for me, more, I don't really check the data that much, but it's for my healthcare professional or my primary care provider, I can't have this data. Let's say something does come up in life. I can go and show my doctor. I can, I can let healthcare you know, professionals know this is what's been going on in my life. Um, and so nice. anyway. That's yes. awesome. And that's such a great tip. Helps. And it's so interesting because, you know, I mean, I usually end the podcast with that question and I can't tell you how many people have mentioned sleep. But what I like about the tip that you just also said, besides the wearables, is set an alarm of when you're supposed to go to bed. I don't know why I never thought of that. That seems so darn simple. And yet, boy, I'm actually going to do that now. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> thank Absolutely. you so much for that tip. That's your best tomorrow. Tip. Your best tomorrow starts tonight. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's great. Hey, that should be a bumper right? sticker, Connor. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's really, that's really, really, really awesome. I love that. So yeah. So thank you so much for sharing your heart and sharing, sharing with us today and your story. And uh, it's just fascinating how far you've come in a short period of time. So, so applaud you on your journey here. And um, and how can people give us like the the URL for the up down creation too? How can people um, best find out about that company? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a, a free resource and and it looks like it should be in the description. I'm gonna guess with a, a link to a yep, free we'll, newsletter. We'll uh, and this is coming there. from the top of our fulfillment team. So we're fortunate to have a really cool relationship with the LinkedIn and Sales Navigator team for the past two or three years. Um, and so a lot of the information that we share is not focus more, more so on like the features of LinkedIn, but the strategy, right? How do we utilize relationship building effectively on LinkedIn? Um, and so we provide weekly free updates that, that um, keep, keep uh, anyone that's interested in the loop. And all you have to do is click on the link. And then on the, once you're on LinkedIn, you just subscribe and you'll get that free newsletter. Mm -hmm. The second one would be going to uptowncreation.com. And that is going to be the homepage where you can see case studies, um, you know, testimonials, you can learn more about the team. There's also ways to schedule a call together. So feel free to reach out to me. Um, if you're interested in, in uh, my personal story or continuing to follow the story, I would love to connect with you. Uh, I am the most active on Instagram primarily. I'm, I'm, I don't post a ton, but it's on stories primarily. And, and mm -hmm. I like to talk about what I'm curious about and a lot of biohacking and meditation, a lot of the conversation today shows up on my, my Instagram story. And that's at Connor, C-O-N-O-R, Paulson, P-A-U-L-S-E-N. So at Connor Paulson on Instagram and awesome. shoot me a DM. I'm, I'm happy to help. Thanks again, Luis. And, oh, and your it's time. been so awesome. Been thank awesome you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Connor. This has been really awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today. And just definitely check Connor out, you guys in the company Uptown Creation. And, and 
Um, Until tomorrow, have a great day, everyone. Mm -hmm.